You're listening to A Step Forward, episode 59. It's January. Let's dive into some productivity hacks, shall we? Welcome to A Step Forward, a podcast for educators who want to help their students lead their most independent and successful lives. I'm Cassie Maloney. As an orientation and mobility specialist, I believe that you don't need to be perfect in order to be effective. Join me this week and every week for inspirational and informational ideas to help you make a significant impact in your students' lives. As we explore the notion that in order to make progress, all you need to do is take a step forward. January, January, January. By this time of the month, we've set our resolutions, broken them, set them again, maybe broken them again. If you're like me, you want to accomplish a lot in your lifetime. Why else would you be listening to a work podcast? You're good people. You want to make a difference. And while I could say, you have the same amount of hours as Beyonce, that's not true. We know that's a lie. Beyonce is a chef. She has people who can pick out her clothes for her, wash her kids' hair if she wants them to. She definitely has people to clean her house. She probably doesn't do her own laundry. Definitely doesn't do her own groceries. If she has to get her nails done, they come to her. She wants her makeup on. She can answer her emails while other people put on her makeup. That's just not a life that we live. I mean, maybe you do. But it's not a life I live. I don't know what kind of teacher salary you're on, friend. But all jokes aside, January is really the month where we start to, again, look at What are we doing and how are we doing it? And how can we do things better? Sometimes it's not just about the next teaching strategy, which they're coming. The symposium is coming. Sometimes it's about being the CEO of your own life. Incorporating every aspect of your life and treating it like as though you are the boss. You know, this is like, neither here nor there, but I super love working on Sunday afternoons. There are other times or other days of the week that I may not get to work because I have the kids, but Sunday afternoons, I can really just dive in and feel so refreshed. And this one Sunday afternoon, a few weeks ago, I was in the zone, like so happy to be working. My brain was just on fire. Everything was running smoothly. And then I had to stop. And I got so pissed. I got so pissed because I had to leave. I told my friends I would go watch football with them. I don't mind football, actually, but it's just, it's not like a thing that I'm like excited to do. I just had not been out of the house in a long time. So I decided to leave the house. I was so irritated about it because it felt the things that I were saying like, oh, why do I have to do this? I don't want to go. I'm so mad. I just want to work. And I finally had to stop myself, literally look myself in the mirror and say, this is all your choice. You can choose right now to go or stay. But either way, understand that this is your choice and you need to be happy about whatever choice you make. 
because you're an adult and literally nobody's making you do anything else. Sometimes I think we forget that in our work lives because we have people telling us to do things with things that are owed to other people. You have to turn in paperwork at a certain time. You have to teach this lesson at a certain time. But we can't forget that we are the CEOs of our own lives. We are running this. You are running this. And if you are feeling overwhelmed, if you are feeling stuck, if you are feeling like you can't get your head above water enough to do a good job at your job, I say this lovingly to both of us, you and myself, then that is on you. And it is your choice to stay stuck. It is your choice to not do the things that you need to do in order to make better decisions. And today, I'm going to teach you some productivity hacks that I have been using for years. And a productivity hack that's a little bit more biological in nature that most people aren't doing, that I've been leaning into, definitely hardcore for the past year, and it has made the biggest difference in my life. Don't get me wrong. I'm still the person that's my biggest critic, and I will say, oh, I didn't get this done, I didn't get this done, I didn't get this done. Yep, that's going to happen. For all of us, there's a lot of on our plates. But ultimately, in 2020, I was a lot less stressed. I leaned into these hacks so much that while I personally didn't get more done, like myself, as a whole, the ripple effect of everything that I did do was much more impactful. In 2020, Allied was able to reach over a thousand O&M and VI specialists. That's a lot. All while I was also a pre-K teacher and a kindergarten teacher and a first grade teacher and going through personal stuff of my own. And I could only do that from following these hacks, these ideas. I've talked a little bit about this on Instagram now and I think the summer before last. The whole key here is to do less. You know, so often we think as teachers that money is finite because we get the same exact check every single month, sometimes on the first of the month, like clockwork, and sometimes for years. There are years where there is no raise and you end up with less disposable income because bills are increasing. And it often makes it feel like money is finite. But money is not finite. Homeboy Jeff Bezos over there literally earned over $135 billion extra in 2020. He went from like, I haven't read the stats, but I heard it on the radio, so it has to be true. He went from like $25 billion to $185 billion, something crazy. I know those numbers don't add up. (laughs) I'm not going to do the math. Money is everywhere. It is absolutely everywhere. As teachers, we block it. We don't get the second job that we need to get. Or when you refuse gifts from other people, there are other ways that we block money. But money is, money is abundant. The thing we don't get back is our time. 
And so often we see teachers doing things repetitively. We see them doing things in like cycles. I'll explain them in a second. We see people trying to multitask and getting nowhere. And then we feel like we are hamsters on this crazy hamster wheel. And then we get so tired, so burned out, or in order just to stay afloat, we become so jaded that we don't even care anymore. We're not excited about our jobs anymore. We're not sometimes even excited about our lives because we're so overworked because we're doing things in the wrong order and we're doing them the wrong way. Before we even like dive into the how-to of this stuff, the very first thing I want you to do is to look at how you're spending your time. And I want you to do a time audit. That means for one week, either in a Google calendar or writing it down, and write down the tasks that you do as you do them and as you finish them. And then simply, you can look at what tasks can you delete out of your whole week? What tasks can you automate? And what tasks can you delegate? So the tasks that you can delete, I don't know what they would look like for you. Sometimes I just literally stop doing stuff. I had to do that with the podcast over winter break. I had to delete it from my to-do list. There was not time. What tasks can you automate or delegate? For me in my life, what this looks like is doing my best not to go into the grocery store and doing curbside. And then I balance that by just buying less stuff. Or if I liked a name brand item, I just buy the generic or I buy less and it's been fine. I take the same amount of money that I've been spending for however long now, and I just make it stretch a little bit further. And then I set that curbside pickup for a day and time that I'm going to be on my way home from somewhere else. And then we'll talk about one upgrade that I'll do (laughs) that I do during a certain part of the month. Maybe automating and delegating means that you don't make tactile maps anymore. Maybe you ask somebody to help you. Maybe it means that you pay your two-year-old or four-year-old to put away their own laundry. You don't worry about if it's folded perfectly. You can look at those tasks and see what can you delete, what can you automate, and what can you delegate. Now, 90% of people who listen to this are not going to take the time to do all of this. The information is here when you're ready to come back for it. Today, I really want to focus on something that you can move forward with easily, and that is batching. Let me explain this concept because it's not taught to teachers. Time management is not taught to teachers. It's only something that I learned as I learned how to run a purpose-driven business. Here's what happens. A lot of us try to multitask, and then that leads to context switching when our brains have to go from one thing to another. You know that you can't pay attention to more than one thing, like actually pay attention to more than one thing at the same time. Yes, you can have music going on in the background while you cook, but your brain is going back and forth between the TV show and your dinner or the news and your kid talking and you're catching little bits here and there and you're trying to put it all in together. And what it's doing is killing your productivity. 
Did you actually know that the word multitask was invented by IBM in 1965 to describe a computer capability? It was only later that we started using it for humans. Same thing for context switching. Context switching is a computer term, but it's when we go from one task to another too quickly. One study actually found that most people average only three minutes on any given task before switching to something else, and only two minutes on a digital tool before moving on. Are you actually getting your work done in three minutes? Because I'm not. And those times where you have all the tabs open, I know I'm one of them. You guys have seen my computer multiple times. You can't get it all done. There's a psychiatrist, Edward M. Hallowell, who describes multitasking, listen to this, as a mythical activity in which people believe that they can perform two or more tasks simultaneously as effectively as one. It's a mythical activity where people believe they can perform two or more tasks simultaneously as effectively as one. But most often we don't set ourselves up to combine the activities or the tasks that we need to complete. Batching is where you combine them. You do them all at the same time. For example, I am finally batching podcast episodes. The one about Martin Luther King Jr. Lesson plans, I just recorded. Same day, same time, and I'm moving on to this one. That way... I'm doing things a lot faster, but when I just record a podcast as it's due, it takes me so much more time and effort and energy to research what I want to talk about, to grab the correct links, to honestly, I just make so many mistakes the very first few minutes of any time I'm recording podcasts that there was like 10 minutes every single time they add up. But oftentimes we don't take enough of a step back to look at, okay, what do I need to get done? When do I have the time to do it? And how can I do it the most effectively? We're just so much in a rush on that hamster wheel. Like, oh my gosh, I have to get this done. Oh my gosh, I have to get this done. Oh my gosh, I have to get this done. But we don't stop to say, hey, is there a better way to do this? So this is how you batch. This is how I do it for a lot of tasks. And then I'll share with you how I batch things, and then I'm going to bring it a little bit more nuanced and give you a little bit more of a full picture if you want to stay on for that part. The first thing is to figure out what your boundaries are. One of my personal core values is to stand in an integrity. Integrity, while most people think of that as meaning to do what you say you're going to do, that is very true. I always want to stand in integrity and do what I say I'm going to do. And I'm working on not people pleasing in order to do that. But it really means standing in yourself as a whole person. So when you're at work and someone says, hey, can you take this student at 6.30 p.m. and you have bath time with your kids at 6.30 p.m., you can't say yes to this person because maybe you're Kids for you come first. Figuring out what your personal boundaries are is going to help you so much because you need time 
to rest. You need time with family. You need time with friends and hobbies, whatever else have you that you have going on in your life. Put those on the schedule before you even get started with these next steps. Like my kids need to eat by 5.30 or Sunday afternoon, I want to go on a hike every Sunday afternoon. Whatever that looks like, put that in first. Honor your full self first. And then from your full cup, you will be able to give so much more to everybody else, including your students and your other team members. Now, once you have that on your calendar, you're going to make a list of all the things that you need to get done that can only be done by you and you only. Make a list as far and wide as you can even think about. You need to get your registration taken care of in three months. Like, whatever it is, anything that's on your mind, get it all out there. Then look at them. See, okay, which ones need to get done by me and me only? Can I delete? Can I automate? Or can I delegate any of these other things? Now, if you want more information on how I set up my weekly calendar every week and how I don't set New Year's resolutions, but I still reach my goals, you can go to episode 13 on how to reach success without a New Year's resolution. That dropped on December 24th of 2019. So here are some examples that might only be able to be done by you. Responding to emails, writing assessment reports, progress reports, data, teaching, Maybe it's making maps, scouting out lesson plan areas, talking to parents, write down all of those things, get down to the nitty gritty. So here's a mistake that I used to make and I see people make all the time. Go to plan a lesson, right? Bobby has a lesson at 2.30 p.m. on Friday and it's now three o'clock on Thursday and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to go out, scout the area. I need to come back. I need to write the lesson plan. I need to gather my materials. Oh, I need to go to the store for this. You now wasted so much extra time, like driving to the area, driving back, coming back, getting settled, sitting down, putting down your stuff, writing out all of the lesson plan. And it feels like you're doing things consecutively. You're not necessarily multitasking there but there's still a better way to do it. What if you made a list the week before and you went out and you scouted all of the areas you needed to scout? If you're like, Cass, I'm not ever gonna be able to remember all that. This is what you can do. Take a sticky notepad with you or index cards, pieces of paper, however you wanna do it. And when you're out there, I want you to take a first picture, kind of like when they're making movies and they take that first picture or slot of the video with the, I don't know what it's called, that like black thing that's like slaps down for the sound and it has everything written on it. Take a second and write it on there. Whatever information you need about that lesson. Then take the pictures that you need so you don't have to remember it in your head and then go to the next area and go to the next area and go to the next area. Now, You will have sat down to batch, right? All the places, figuring out everywhere you need to go is also kind of batching. You're not going out there, coming back, writing the next thing, going out there, coming back, writing the next thing. Go write them all out. Then you can come back and then you can maybe the next day, write all of your lesson plans all at once. Another thing that you might be able to do is when you're on your lessons, record data 
on your phone or Google form, and then batch put them into the system, maybe on a daily basis, maybe on a weekly basis. This is all going to be so individualized for you. The key here is to see where can I clump things that I do on a regular basis, like those recurring tasks. Where can I clump this together so that I'm not wasting more of my time than I need to on the setting up, the getting everything together, the breakdown? If you have to make videos for your students and you want to be in a very specific place, you want to have the light on a very specific way, all of that takes time and energy and effort. And it might feel like a few seconds, but all of that adds up. So see if you can like batch it all together. So for example, what I like to do with the podcast is write out my lesson plans, (laughs) my outlines. I like to research it all at once and then I can record them. When I was teaching full-time Friday afternoons, I would write all of my lesson plans for the next week. I didn't write them every day. I didn't write them right before the lesson. I sat down and I batched it. So that way I could look to see, okay, Sally is going to be learning about stairs this one day and then going out to practice the stairs the next day. You know, if we had two lessons that week, that's perfect sequential order. Instead of saying, oh, Sally needs to practice stairs. And then like the day up, I'm like, oh, let's just go to this spot downtown that I know where they have stairs unexpectedly oh, wait, wait, she didn't do so well. So now I'm going to come back and practice stairs indoors. Like, no, 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 wait, let's have an actual plan. And I could do that because I could step back a little bit enough to see far enough ahead to actually do it. Now, here's where things get fun. Because you already have your boundaries in your schedule, now you can schedule the time in for these other tasks. Planning for your planning times allows you to be the absolute most productive. It's like the worst when you sit down during your 45-minute planning period and you're like, what do I have to get done? What do I have to get done? What do I have to get done? And you write it all out and you're like, oh, I really needed to go to the store today. But because you sat down to try to remember what you had to do, you wasted so much time and then you didn't get the chance to go to the store. That's no fun. You don't have to do that anymore. Just get a little bit ahead of it. And here's a tip. This is number four, I guess. Communicate with others as much as you need to. So have you decided that you're only going to answer emails at 3 p.m.? And now it's on your schedule, so you have to do it. If something else comes up on your schedule, you know you need to move that answer emails task to another time. Put up a vacation responder, letting them know so that they know what to expect. In the workplace, it's better to over-communicate. I mean, anywhere, right? It's better to over-communicate than to not communicate, especially when you change what you are doing. If you decide that you're not available to chat after 9 p.m. anymore, let people know. You can let them know in a casual way, but let them know. So for example, I batch, and my friends love this, I batch talking to my friends. I do. Like I'm only available from this time to this time. And if you try to get up with me after 9 p.m., I'm not available for you. Because for me, that's context switching. I'm reading. I don't want to go back and forth. I've got other things to do, like sleep. And then the fifth and final thing is to revisit this approach weekly at first, and then as you get more and more comfortable with it, just take one step at a time. 
I've given you a lot of work here. A lot. This one podcast can take you weeks to get it all down. And I'm just giving you an overview of what I do and how I do it in order to be the very best, most productive. And if you're ready for some extra credit, let's bring in some biohacking to this. You guys know that I love using our bodies to get the optimal result. (laughs) That's what you get for doing your master's thesis on motor development, but it still stands. We all have productivity cycles. For men, it's on a 24-hour basis. Your testosterone is going to peak from 1 to 6 p.m. Do I know medically if that's like exactly where you are in the world? I'm pretty sure, but I'm not a doctor. So for men on a daily basis, you have about five hours where you are productive AF. That might be the time for you to do the more outwardly things, maybe writing your assessment that takes a lot of creativity, or maybe that's when you want to schedule your presentation for or webinars. Maybe that's the time that you want to, if you're you know, writing a book or writing curriculum or you're recording videos, maybe that's the time that you want to do that. And then the other times you can lean more into like inward types of things. Women, we have a 28-day energetic cycle. Guess what that based on? So it's either based on your own cycle. And if you don't have a monthly cycle, then it's actually based on the moon. You guys know that when it's a full moon, kids are crazy. People are crazy. The whole collective world is a little wild. The moon actually does affect how we feel. So we can use that to our advantage. And you can go as woo here as you want to. I'm letting my woo card fly just wild right now. This is something that I've really taken into consideration, very much so, as I have planned this past year and then moving into this year. So we're going on a monthly internal female cycle. You are the most productive and have the most energy, ladies, either when you are ovulating or during a full moon. On my Google Calendar, I was able to either add or it was already there, just a moon calendar thing. And I know, like right now, I can do stuff like this easily right now. But ask me in two weeks and I'll be like, "Uh uh-uh, girl, Mm -mm. I'm laying in bed with some chocolate and a heating pad and that is the way that is going. If you can start to pull back a little bit and see what tasks really take a lot out of me, creativity-wise or writing or things that mandate that you express yourself in some way, if you can batch those for the times of the full moon or when you're ovulating or the week before or a little bit the week after, then you'll have a much easier time with it than on a new moon or when you ladies are experiencing your own cycle. There is much more information about this in the Do Less book by Kate Northrup. She is the one who's researched it and all that jazz, but it really has helped. I know we're getting personal here, but it really has helped me a lot. 
One thing that I really like to batch, honestly, is my professional development input. Like I said, there are definitely times of my month where I will schedule inward professional development, like things that I can take in. I don't expect myself to output when I'm on my cycle. Those are the times where I take courses, webinars, and well, conferences, of course. Conferences in and of themselves, you don't necessarily get to choose where they fall in your monthly cycle, but they are a way of batching 100%. With conferences, there's much less contact switching throughout the days. That allows you to have more star ideas. That's the reason why going to a conference and being immersed in it helps you have more impactful ideas. It's because you are not context switching. You don't have to go from, oh, I learned this one idea, this one webinar. Okay, cool. Now I am going to have this one student and then I have to go to lunch and then I have another student and then I have another meeting and then I have to go pick up my kids. You get concentrated time just to let your brain dive deep into the subjects, to have conversations with people who are also there at that same place experiencing the same thing. That's one of the really cool things about the symposium is because traditionally we've had one track, which allows people to go so much deeper in the conversations because they're not wasting time saying, oh, what did you learn about? And giving a brief overview of what they learned about in between breaks and say, oh, I really liked how this presenter said ABC. Oh, well, I didn't even catch that. And you have so many more moments for these deep intellectual conversations when you as a collective can focus on one thing at a time. Now we're having two, which is going to take away a little bit from that, but we still have those times where we can really dive into what does this mean for our students? What did you catch from this topic and not have to stay just at the surface level? We can have deep intellectual conversations, which spark better ideas. You know, those star ideas have their place in our IOMOS workbook because we like to have things be really tangible. So you can use that and you can take it, move forward with your life and you can run with those ideas and help your students increase their skills at an even faster rate. Okay, I know this was a lot. I'm not necessarily going to recap the whole thing. Real quick, you want to look at all the tasks that you're doing, see what you can delete, automate, and delegate, and then what you have to do on your own, you're going to batch them. That means doing the same task in like clusters or clumps together. Maybe it's just sitting down to write the assessment all at one time, or maybe it's making five maps all at the same time, or maybe it's even just as simple as I'm going to go to the store one time to get all of the materials for all five maps that I need to make this month. Instead of making five trips to the store and wasting five planning periods, you've only had to waste one. Maybe it's just one tiny step in that direction, or maybe it's just saying, hey, I am going to go to a conference instead of context switching around and piecemealing webinars together. Whatever it is for you, I hope you're able to take these ideas and take these steps and just 
take one step forward today. Now, we didn't really get to talk about it, but Fireside Chat still open until 28th of January, I believe. So you're still able to watch that if you're interested in learning about helping your students with low vision become drivers or creating engaging lessons for your students with multiple impairments. All you have to do is go to orientationmobility.com forward slash success. Now, the crazy thing is the registration for the International OM Online Symposium also closes that same day. You absolutely do not want to miss out on this experience. It is a true international conference from the comfort of your own home. And this year, we have over 22 CEUs available for you. It's half of what you need in five years. And there are replays available. And yes, you get your CEUs if you watch the replay. And we'll be in Zoom meeting. So you can, I like to say, ride off into the DM sunset. But you know what I mean. Like, I already have people that I've seen that have registered that I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to talk to you. (laughs) I know I'm typically so busy during those times, during the symposium, but I love to just send my friends a quick hello. How are you? I'm so glad that you're here. Catch up with them for a few minutes. Maybe make a plan to have a FaceTime conversation later. All very, very, very fun stuff. My friend, I hope to see you at the fireside chat in the symposium, and I will talk to you later. You know that feeling when you've been rushing around all day, your kids need food, your students need to be scheduled, it's five minutes before your next lesson, and you have no plans. Teaching during a pandemic has had many challenges. Wouldn't you agree? One of which being it takes so much longer to plan for a remote O&M lesson than it did to plan for a face-to-face lesson. But that's not a problem anymore because my friend, we have got you covered. Your Allied Independence community stepped up and we've bundled together eight remote O&M lesson plans that can be taught virtually or distance, all created by your community and customizable to your individual students' unique needs in five minutes or less. You want them? I know you do. All you have to do is go to alliedindependenceonline.com forward slash remote, R-E-M-O-T-E, and grab your copy, eight free remote O&M lesson plans. So you can start spending your time doing what you do best. And that, my friend, is teaching. Teaching.